0: Hi, welcome back. I'm Dr. Meg, the scoliotherapist, and I'm here as your host for Ahead of the Curve The Scoliosis Experience. This is episode two, and today we are going to be talking about alternative treatments for scoliosis. Last week, we reviewed a little bit of background on what scoliosis is, how it's commonly diagnosed. And then we went into some of the questions that the audience had regarding whether or not digestion is an issue for people that have scoliosis. And we talked a little bit about how to resolve some of those digestive issues. And today I'm going to take a deeper dive into that a little bit later. So First, I'm going to just talk a little bit about some alternative treatments for scoliosis. And historically, scoliosis is one of those things where you just wait and see if it gets worse. And <laughs> and that that's only if you have a curve that's about 30 degrees or less. And then once you get beyond 30 degrees, you're either lumped into the bracing category or the surgical category. So um, there has not been much in the way of exercise as a form of treatment for scoliosis until recently. So someone named Katerina Shroff, um, she is one of the first people that introduced exercise as a form of treatment for scoliosis she has scoliosis herself. Um, this was back in the fifties and, and I might actually have that wrong. Um, but she, um, she had scoliosis herself and she started some exercises for herself and then, um, Sorry, I'm having a little technical difficulties. Sorry about that. Um, so she saw a ball on the playground that was partially inflated, and she saw that partially inflated ball as something that was similar to her rib cage. And she was thinking, okay, well, you know, if I... F- add some air into the ball, it actually helps that ball to be more symmetrical and less flattened on that side. So she tried to apply that same principle to her rib cage and created what was called three-dimensional breathing. So that's where you're trying to direct your breath into your hollow spaces or the spaces that are more flattened. And, this was really effective in um, changing the shape of the rib cage. So, your rib cage is made of a nice soft cartilage. So, it's more malleable, pliable, and you're able to change the shape of it. So, when you begin changing the shape and the direction that your rib cage is in, in baseline, then it starts to pull a bit on your spine and it helps to derotate actually your spinal segments, your spinal vertebrae, because your ribs, they actually attach to the sides of your vertebrae. So if we can direct it with the breath, if we can derotate throughout the day, think about how many times you breathe a day. If you're able to purposefully breathe in a way that is derotating over and over and over again, you're really going to have a tremendous impact on how your scoliosis is appearing and how you're feeling. Um, so in addition to just the three-dimensional breathing, she also created a whole repertoire of exercises that address scoliosis and kyphosis. Kyphosis is where you have the rounded posture, the shoulders are rolled forward, and then the upper back is really rounded as well, the head protrudes forward, and she addressed that postural impairment in addition to scoliosis, and sometimes people have those two things combined she used a device called stall bars, and you may have seen it. Um, If you're familiar with scoliosis or you follow people on Instagram, you've definitely seen these. It's almost like a large ladder that attaches to the wall, and it has a bunch of, of rungs at different levels that you can use to elongate. You hold on to it, and it helps to lengthen the spine. So This um, treatment method wasn't brought to the United States until 2000, Um, so it had a lot of years to develop until um, it came to us, (laughs) and it's still not really a widely accepted treatment method for scoliosis, and that's likely why your doctors haven't referred you to a scoliosis specialist, because they don't really have a lot of good research yet to be backing it up. It's a lot of case studies, word of mouth. Um, The problem is every time that we try to create a um, double blind study, so that's where you have a test subject who is receiving the treatment and then you have somebody that is receiving the placebo for something like scoliosis it comes to a point where every single parent or every single patient actually wants the intervention. They don't want to receive the placebo because they see how well it's affecting the other test subjects and they want it for themselves. And I, I feel I feel for them, you know, I, I would be the same way. So It's really been a problem to have solid research to back a lot of um, these treatment methods that are really effective. And that's why doctors aren't taught about it in medical school. So if you ever have any suggestions as far as that goes, please push them over to us (laughs) so that we can get the ball rolling a little bit better. Um, so that it's more of an accepted treatment and uh, standard treatment worldwide, nationwide. Um, in addition to the Schroth method, we have the Leon method, we have C's method. Um, there's a bunch of different schools of scoliosis-specific treatment, um, scoliosis-specific exercise that are very, very similar to one another, and they have a few different variables from one another when we're treating our patients. So our primary principle is elongation. Now, elongation, if you think about a slinky or a coil, when you are pulling on your slinky or coil, the more that you pull on it from each end, it actually lengthens those coils and makes them appear a bit straighter. And that's why that's the same idea behind why we want to elongate a scolio spine. It lengthens these curves that appear kind of short and flattened and smushed together. And if you, um, if you elongate, that's about 80% of what you need to do to address your curve. So if you just purely elongate throughout the day, remember to press down into your feet, down into your hips equally, and lengthen your spine. You're more than half of the way there. So um, the other principles are the rotational breathing and the three-dimensional corrective Um, auto-corrections. So that's knowing whether you have a three-curve, a four-curve, a single-curve thoracolumbar curve, or a single-lumbar curve, and knowing how you are supposed to adjust your posture throughout the day in order to bring yourself into the most neutral alignment. So... um. This applies to how you are sitting, how you are standing, how you are sleeping, and resting. All of these things are what add up in order to create change in your spine, change in your muscle memory, and the pathways of your brain. So depending on how long you've had scoliosis... It can take a while for those pathways to change. They're very rooted and your center, the way that you feel center is often very far from a neutral alignment. So <coughs> retraining your nervous system can take time. It can it requires patience and assistance of other people, mirrors are very helpful as well. So I actually had a client this week who came and was visiting from out of town and she and her husband came to my office and I was talking to them about how um, it it was the, the woman who has scoliosis and her husband wanted to come and learn how he can help her best. And Instead of using words, which can be kind of frustrating for people um, to hear, sit up straight. I mean, it can be a little triggering, especially if you have scoliosis. She suggested that he just kind of place his hand at her back um, just very gently. And that would be a cue for her to say, hey, you're not sitting up straight or standing up straight. Just lift up a little bit. And I thought that was really insightful because it's true. It's really hard um, having scoliosis. It can be kind of a traumatic experience. You are diagnosed with this disorder that is considered a deformity, and that in itself is really hard to digest. (laughs) And then you add all the layer, different layers of misinformation, um, where you're told just to go swimming or go do yoga or Pilates to help with your scoliosis, <laughs> um, and then you know you come to find out that there's a whole plethora of things that you can be doing to help your spine that you didn't know about, um, but a lot of it is internal work that needs to be done in order to really recognize, hey, I do have scoliosis and I do have the power to do something about it. Because I don't know about you, I spent a good portion of my life trying to pretend that it didn't exist. And it doesn't work out so well. And I feel that a lot of my clients and potential clients that I've talked to have done the same thing. They just Pretend that it doesn't exist until it becomes a problem, until your curve is progressing, until your uh, pain is getting worse, and that's when um, it becomes a lot more difficult to address, um, but learning that you can do something about it is empowering in itself, so... Um, yeah, so that's a a background on scolio pilates. And that is the method that I use to treat my patients and my clients. And with that in mind, um, I, I do two avenues with the clients that I work with. So we either will do one on one sessions, or we will do small group training. And the small group scoliosis training is based off of the curve type that you have. So if you have a single curve, um, a right primary, left primary, a four curve, three curve, there's a lot of different variations of scoliosis that you can have. There's one that's a bit more popular and um, prevalent than others. And Anyway, so after we do a one-on-one movement assessment or I take a look at your x-rays, you're placed into a curve type group and we all meet together for an hour at a time each week and go through specific exercises that help to correct your curve. In between the sessions, you, um, you work on a lot of the principles that you're taught about how to be Sitting properly, sleeping properly, standing properly, um, even carrying your groceries. And then you're also doing a home exercise video in between. That's anywhere from 10 minutes to uh, 30 minutes long. And you're doing that exercise video on a daily basis so that you're reconfirming, rewiring the pathways of your brain into a new position. (coughs) excuse me, I just had some vegetables for lunch, and it's making me cough for some reason. So, um, I don't have any questions to address today. I am going to review a bit about the digestion and the stomach massage. So, I'm going to walk you through the the self stomach massage, and that's where you use your hands to help facilitate movement and digestion, or movement of the gas that's kind of getting stuck. Um, just as a review, last week um, someone asked if it was common to experience gas pain after eating. If you have scoliosis, and I said yes, it is very common because if you picture a scoliospine, and then if you picture your anatomy of your organs, the space changes for how much room you have for your intestines. So on the side that you're having a concavity, So wherever your concave space is, it's going to be a little bit closer together. And then on the side of your convex space is going to be open and wider. (laughs) So it's normal for your food or for gas to kind of get stuck in those more compressed spaces. So there's something that you can do about it. I often use this technique to help myself after I eat if, you know, I'm experiencing that discomfort. And what you do, so you have to be pretty gentle with yourself. You start at the top of your right hip bone, and then you take your fingers, you have um, two fingers, your pointer finger and middle finger pressed together. You take those fingertips to the top of that hip bone, and you start stroking upward in an upward motion towards your ribs. So this is best done if you're lying on your back, because then you're in more of a relaxed position. And you do this upward movement for about a minute or two minutes, and then you add on another layer. So you continue, you start the same way, and then you do a side to side, a right to left stroke, right underneath of your rib cage, above your belly button. So you start right hip up to the rib cage, and then from the right side of the rib cage over to the left side of the rib cage. And you keep doing that motion for about two minutes as well. And then you add on another layer. So you start the same way, you start at the top of the right hip bone and stroke your way up to the bottom of the rib cage. And then you go from the right side of the rib cage to the left side of the rib cage. And then you go into a downward movement down to the top of the left hip. So you start at the top of the right hip, upward movement to the bottom of the rib cage. And then a side movement over to the bottom of the left rib cage and then down to the top of the hip. And then you repeat that semi-arc position, kind of like a rainbow, a square rainbow. (laughs) You do that for about two minutes as well. And then the final thing. If you have a squish ball, I talked about this briefly last week, and I'm going to do a little demonstration here on YouTube. So if you're just listening, you may need to grab the video version. So pretend that this is my ottoman, and you're going to take, or your ottoman, you're going to take the ball and hug it right into where your belly button is, below the rib cage. And then you're going to lean forward, whoops, over your ottoman and over the ball and just rest in that position. And you can kind of roll side to side here and front to back, just gently allowing it to, the gas to move um, or your waist to move through your system. If you feel any area that's particularly tight or tender, you may just want to breathe and linger over that spot for a little bit longer. Now, that's a less intense option. If you want to get down onto the floor, it's a bit more aggressive. So, same idea, you want the ball in a similar spot. On your body and you're going to lay down on the ball and you can tuck your toes under so you can control the pressure a little bit prop up onto your elbows and roll forward and backward in that position and you can do that for however long that you want, and they may make you feel a little bit nauseous initially if you're not used to this, um, because you're getting all of your, um, you're giving your organs a massage, and they can be a little bit sensitive and tender, especially with scoliosis, because of those compressed areas that aren't used to receiving attention, <laughs> and a lot of pressure. So that is all I have for you today. If you're interested in learning more about scoliosis therapy, please click the link below. If you would like to have um, a free discovery call, a little chat to see if it would be a good fit for you to work together on your scoliosis, there is a link for that as well below. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next week.